Okay. So, I just woke up from this vision. First, I was at home or this place that was like my home. And, like, I just told, I was just told, like, pack a bag or something like that. And then I showed up at this hotel room. It was really nice. It had, like, black tile in the bathroom was walk-in shower like with like the pull-out shower head was really really nice like marble walls and stuff and it was a big bed in the middle of the room and and it was I guess a party so I was invited to the party I guess and you know I was just watching state property so that's a prize party term. Like, it stuck in my head and embedded in my head for, like, my whole life. Like, now, now I feel like, you know, like, when I say it in this context, like, surprise party, you know, it really feel like it might be connected to the, you know, the fact that surprise party mean on state property. What it means is that, you know... You either got robbed or the feds kicked your door in because, you know, SWAT came and get you because, you know, got caught up. Excuse me. So it's like it was a surprise party. I don't know if this is related. I was trying to figure out a lot of different things in this vision. I know I'm going to have to reground myself because so many different things going on. I don't think people are taking seriously enough. I'm going to have to take these things seriously, but I just want to talk about what happened in this vision. So I'm at this party. And, you know, maybe a young boy is there. And he's like, you know... He seems to be acting kind of normal. And the bed is, like, full of all this different stuff. And it's different people. There was a party at first. And then, like, but I never saw the party actually happen. I never saw really the other people except for, like, maybe two or three people fluctuating throughout the room. But it was supposed to be a party. And at first it was acting kind of normal. And almost it was like I'd be around all the time. But then it was like I just knew not to like in my mind and my heart I knew not to really feed into that because I've been through this too much and I know like, you know, you start thinking that, Oh, you know, I know you and it's like, No, you don't. You never knew him. Like this all this was made up, all this was fake, all this was you know, all this was like, I guess, in your head. You must be crazy or something because you never knew. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do because, I mean, I know what a lot of girls would do in this situation. A lot of girls would be like, well, I could tell you all the, everything that they said. They would have did all the way up until, like, this two-year point. 
I didn't have to hear from everybody. Um, some girls like, well, I would have just went along with it. I would have just took the money. Somebody said they would took the money in. Other people said they would have ran. Um, some people said they would have just, you know, did whatever they wanted to do. Like, ain't nobody but to make me stay in the house or keep me from living my life or I would have still been doing this. I would have still did that. Other girls today would have just lied, played it off, let it happen. Other people say they would have just let them win. Other people say, you know, they would have kept fighting and never, never gave up. Like, right now, I feel like. I might be in the category of giving up a little bit only because I haven't gotten up out the bed for a while. It's been almost a year, and I haven't got out the bed, and I'm just extremely depressed because I'm feeling like, you know, I know I'm not crazy, but if everybody want to feel like I'm crazy, okay, I don't care. Like, what am I supposed to do? I really feel like I just want to die. Like, low-key, I do just want to die. Like, I feel like it'd be better off for everybody. I really want to slip off into that mindset. I'm fighting it with all I get, with everything I have. Like if it's God's will, I will I will conquer this suicide demon. But you know, if I can't conquer it, then yeah, I'm not afraid of death. Like you know, I don't want to die. Excuse me. The reason why I want to I want to die I want to die is because. Matter of fact, I want to talk about what I, what I want to die. I want to talk about why I'm, I don't, why I know that it's like a bad idea to keep wishing death. Because in the process of this, what has happened is it's been exposed. Like, like, when it comes down to it, you know, if they're about to wipe my mind clean or sacrifice me to the devil, I'm going to fight for my life. So if I fought for my life in order to get myself up and out of hell and out of the hands of people who really would have killed me and took my life and took my body, took my soul, whatever, down to hell, though, then I can't keep saying I want to die because I could be placed back in that position. That's, like, the worst thing ever. But it's like I didn't have a choice but to fight for my life. It's not that I didn't want it. I just didn't have a choice. Like, when you want to die, you want to just die. Like, let me just die. But this was different. It was like, no, the last thing you're going to do is die. You know, like, you're going to be tortured. You know, your mind going to be wiped clean. But your body still going to be walked around in. You know, I had to fight. So, I don't know. I don't know why I'm looking to explain it to anybody. You know, really when it come down to it, you know, the people involved in this situation, like, they got... The type of connections that if they don't want this to be heard or seen by by the right individual, they will actually do something about this and never will. You know, they was able to get along, get away with this type of stuff for this long. They then they should it probably shouldn't or wouldn't matter. Anyways, back to the vision. So I met I met this party. And the party goes on and everything, and I'm there. I'm not really participating in the activities, but, you know, then it feels like me. But I know it's not me. 
because I'm like, I can't, I'm not fighting. I'm not really fighting. If I was fighting, this would be going differently. But I'm not fighting. I can't fight because if I start fighting now, I'm going to have to fight so many people who just want to fight me. A lot of different individuals involved in this just want to fight me. So I just got to let whatever they plan, they got to let it play out. I mean, I probably will have to fight if they start trying to take it too far or go too, you know, do whatever it is they're trying to do. But, you know, do the best I can and just stay out the way. So all I know is it felt like things was cool. It felt like it was cool. It felt like it was normal. And I was like, okay, like. Just going, like, just not fighting for real, you know? But still reminding myself, like, remember who God is, you know? This is not real. This is not real, you know? So I'm just trying to stay grounded. So, it's all this stuff on the bed. And it always reminds me of, like, the torture of my mind, like, they're torturing my mind, because I had an ex I used to date, and this ex used to always say, why you always got everything on the bed, like, you always expect somebody to sit around all the stuff that you have on this bed, and I'm just like, you know, that's how, that's how, that's my comfort zone, like, I'm comfortable with this stuff on the bed, just don't move my stuff, you know, fit into my space, don't make my space fit around you. And, you know, why does it always get brought up? I don't know. Why is it always a topic of conversation? I don't know. Why is this always, always, like, like it's just always there? And I think maybe it symbolizes something to somebody involved in the situation. It symbolizes how, you know, my mess is organized to me. Or maybe someone feels they have something in common with that. Like, I wouldn't have had I wouldn't have said anything about all the stuff you had on your bed. I would have just sat around it. It wouldn't have bothered me. You know, because maybe I have like this thing about myself now where it's like I'm subconsciously thinking about that now, like, you know. I would have literally rather had the mess in the bed other than a boyfriend. I don't know. Not really. I don't know. Either way, it matters. Either way, it go. It don't matter. But maybe it's also like a grounding thing because then it's this movie Inception. I don't want to go back and, and I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back and progress and time past things you already figured out. But there's this movie Inception and there's a woman, his wife, whom he goes into this dream realm and then they just build all these different things like they build a whole life in their dream realm. The idea is that the dream realm is so real that when they wake up, it's difficult to know to know the difference between reality and the dream realm. They have these little relics, these little things that that grounds them. They only use them in the real world. She decides that she likes her dream realm that she's built up with him for years so much that she starts to use her relic in the dream realm. The husband tells her, you know, that you're not supposed to do that. You're going to start to lose, you know, 
you're going to start to lose consciousness. You're going to start to lose, you know, um, ground. Like you're not going to be grounded when it comes to the fact that, you know, when it comes to the fact that this is not real, real life. She, she, she insists that, you know, it is her real life. And that the real world is the dream realm. And that they have to kill themselves to get back to their real kids. Because those are not their real kids. And, you know, she loses ground. She loses, you know, consciousness of what is real, the real world. Like he said what happened. The reason why they kept the relics. And... You know, she decides to kill herself, and he says to her, he begs her and tries to get her not to, but she kills herself and then is blamed on him. The sad part about this entire movie is how real I knew it was when I watched it. This is about real-life events. People really do, you know, surf through the spirit realm and lose sight of what is real and what is really reality. And it doesn't really have a lot to do with waking up or going to sleep but a lot to do with the truth versus a lie. God is the truth. Everything that he teaches in the Bible is the truth. When you start to lose sight of what is the truth in God, you start to believe that stuff is real, and then you start to believe that you can do things like jump off buildings and fly or, you know, drink poison and live or possibly even shoot yourself and still be walking. Just stuff that you can do in a dream realm. That you wouldn't be able to do in real life. And Satan will convince you these things. And he will take your soul down to hell. He truly will. It gets that bad. So that's what I noticed the difference between that movie. And, and what really goes on in real life. In real life Satan will convince you that. You are some sort of goddess. From the seven seas. Who has magical powers. And you know. You've always had healing capabilities. And. You can, you know, you know, some sort of goddess of fertility. He makes you believe that you are worshiping these things. In reality, you're, worship, you're worshiping Satan the whole time you're going to hell. That's the only difference between Inception and real life. The movie Inception and real life. So, why am I bringing this up? Well, in this movie, the only thing that was keeping her grounded was the relic and you know he ends up you know still this is his job his job is to actually serve through these different realms but you know he every mission is ruined because she is still in his mind she is still in his heart and she is still able to sabotage every mission there's so many real properties about this movie you like the thing is you don't want to get too caught up in movies the lord always has already taught me and showed me about entertainment things but another thing that you want to understand is that they tell a lot of the different things that is going on spiritually and in the you know world in in satan's kingdom you know they speak of a lot of those different things in movies they expose a lot of these different things in movies and so this a lot of this stuff is real and it's based off of real things so i just always knew ever since i seen that movie what it was and you know 
as interesting as it was, it was just difficult. It was difficult for me because, like, you start to realize, like, this stuff is really going on in real life. And they're saying and doing it right in your face. And, like, I don't know. I just prayed over it. I prayed in my heart and in my mind. I prayed to God, God, please don't let me, you know, find someone who takes me into this, this sort of lifestyle and makes me forget what reality is and to, and until I believe that that is my reality and I kill myself and then, you know, I become trapped spiritually in their mind and their lives, you know, turned into something I never wanted to be. Because the thing about it is, you know, you hear about the stories as well about people who die or who, people who kill themselves or people who come across bad luck. I don't believe in luck. But people who come across bad circumstances and they die they wind up as slaves forever in the spirit realm to these witches. And that also was insinuated. You know, she winds up as a piece or portion of his mind only wanting to be let free. That's what her, you know, actual spirit remains for the rest of eternity until he dies, possibly to join her. This is also real things. These things really happen. You can die and they will take your spirit. They will enslave your spirit for, for however long. You know, you'd be lucky to go to hell. That is hell. So, you know, these different things are insinuated in this movie. And, you know, I was told throughout this process, don't die here. Don't die here. Trust me, you don't want to die here. Because they have plans to enslave my spirit. If I die here, they will enslave my spirit. They don't, they just want me, like, they just have an issue with me. Like, they have a problem with me. Like, they hate me. And it's like... I know why it's because of the calling on my life. It's because of everything that God is planning to do in my life and through, you know, through me. So I have to stay alive for this period. That's really what it's about. Ultimately, there are nobody to fear. It's the fact that, you know, this is God saying, you know, do what I told you to do. And he's just allowing them to motivate me in that way by being who they are, you know, expose, allowing themselves to expose themselves in the process, but it's only going to lead me or walk me right up to my destiny in God because that's all it has done. That's all it has been doing, and I'm confident in it. I'm going to be okay. It's just like it's difficult. But anyways, the relic that keeps the woman grounded on what reality, what is reality and what isn't, you know, oftentimes I think that, you know, certain things that are always there are is a reference to that. Like how the bed is always messy. It is a reference between what is real and what is fake. But also, I do not trust anyone else with my my relic. You're not supposed to trust anybody else with it. Because you can, these people can actually manifest as spirits in your realm. And they will bring that thing there if they know what it is. In order to keep, to help you to lose reality, you know, or lose lose ground from lose grounds of reality but in real life that's just the inception version that's the inception reference in real life people are really spiritually moving maneuvering spiritually anything that they could possibly use to get you to use lose grip or lose grasp of the truth in god in order for them to be able to play over your soul play over your spirit and play over Wherever you will spend eternity, they will do because Satan uses them. And they will never know that until he's done using them. So, so that's why no one can, you know, 
This is why you cannot trust anyone with the power to tell you who you are and what you're really going through and what the truth is but God. So that is your anchor. God is your anchor. When all these things are going this way, when things are so wild and so crazy, is this real? I don't know what's happening. Am I crazy? And it, you know, is this happening to me? Am I wrong? Did I do that? You know, who's right in this situation? Nobody's really right. Nobody is necessarily. Everybody's wrong. Nobody's really right. Everybody's wrong. And still, you know, all are worthy of God's love. God is your anchor. He is the truth. And without the truth that's in the Bible, without the truth of God's word, you have no idea who you are. Don't allow Satan to tell you. Find your identity in God. He is your anchor. So with God as my anchor, they cannot touch me. With God as my anchor, they cannot tell me who I am. With God as my anchor, they cannot change the outcome of these events. With God as my anchor, they cannot ruin anything for my life. They cannot ruin or stop my destiny with God as my anchor. So they're oftentimes trying to get me to rely on other things. It always comes back down to the basic same thing every time. Which is choose me over God. Choose this over God. Let go of God. And you want to believe it's because they want to be worshipped like God just like Satan does. Because Satan is their dad. Satan is their father. They do not know my father. But the issue with it all. The issue with everything. Is the fact that you know. It never really, that's never really the real reason. It's never really real reason. Yes, it feels like it's one of them. They want to be worshipped like God. And that's why they want you to choose them over God, choose other things over God. But when it comes down to it, even after you choose them over God, they are not satisfied. They just want to drag your soul down the hill. They just want to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan comes to do nothing but steal, kill, and destroy. Oftentimes, they want to be worshipped like God. And then after you decide to worship them like God, they just kick you to the curb. Or they abuse you and tell you how stupid you are for letting go of God. These, This is real. These, are real. these, these things are real. And I hope I didn't confuse anybody by making them believe that the things of the movie Inception are quite literally what are happening to me or quite literally what happens. What I'm saying is it's a reference on real things, very real things that are happening spiritually every day. So that being said, you know, a lot of these movies are. And I am not, you know, I am not, I don't want to ever lose sight of what is real what is true what is god what is love what is you know my destiny i don't care if i had to live the same born day or born life for you know the rest of my life in god you know reading the bible in the morning all day period that's it no company just me and god that's okay with me that is okay with me as opposed to these very exciting false realities because they're false they're not real would you rather have a real gold coin or a fake one 
even though that fake gold coin was super huge and supposed to be worth so much more money, does it matter when it's fake? Would you want the real thing that you can actually spend? That's exactly what this is. I don't want a fake gold coin that's worth a million dollars over a real gold coin that's worth a dollar. Because what am I do with a, a promise? You know, a fake promise that can't even be kept. It's not real. I can't spend this fake million dollars. All I can do is fool more people with it. So, yeah, let me get the dollar. That being said, you know, that being said, you know, this is this is what I feel like the reference of this this messy bed is about. It is supposed to supposed to be an anchor, but it's a false anchor. It's an anchor that will never depend on. Because even though it is a part of who I've been even before this experience. It is an anchor I cannot depend on because I have God already. God is my anchor. And I know that it's to lure me out into, you know, to my death. But for what should it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Which means I can have money, attention, friends. I can be accepted. Everyone can love me. Everything can go well for me. All that, you know, and in between. But I will have lost my soul. No, thank you. I'll take my soul. So this is what often happens as well, too. I'll have these visions where, you know, these individuals are seemingly, you know, friends with me, seemingly cool with me, seemingly my buddy, seemingly, you know, seemingly on my side, seemingly choosing me, seemingly for me but they're not they're not and as soon as they realize that I'm not letting go of God or they can't play over me I won't let them play over me because I'll always go back to my anchor no matter how far out they take me I am anchored by God so I'll always you know make sure I'm anchored make sure I have my anchor make sure that you know, I'm referencing God. Okay, what would God say? Is this the truth of God? Does this go along with God, 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 God? Pray. Read your Bible. Hold on to Jesus. Be thinking about him. Trying to keep your heart and mind focused on him as much as you possibly can at all times. He will anchor you. And so every single time they try to pull you off a ledge, you get pulled back. And then they start to show their true colors every time because they cannot play over you no more. It's not working. So that's what kept happening in this vision. This individual kept saying things to me and it was at first seemingly supposed to be cool. But I didn't overdo it because, you know, I knew we would start fighting and I didn't feel like fighting anymore. But the individual just kept trying to. He just kept trying to um, convince me that he was for me, that we were cool, 
and that it was okay and that I was safe, like it was a safe environment, but I still just kept praying. I didn't let go of God and I was anchored. And he just kept showing the true colors. Like every five seconds, you know, he will, you know, almost every five seconds he would want to put me out or leave or be done with me or like just like start cursing me out and like making me feel like I was crazy or something and I know why that was you know it looked like this person crazy this person crazy that's why because he's crazy no he's not crazy see what's happening is he can't get me that's what it is he gonna keep trying though but you know what? Ha- what's happening is he can't give me to let go of lo- the Lord. If he could give me to give my faith away, give my virginity away, you would see. You know he can he can remain a, a he can remain one character, but it probably won't be the character you're seeing as that's friendly and that has your back and that loves you. It'll be the character of who he really is. You know, I have control over you now. You gave your faith away. God can't protect you. I can do whatever I want to do to you now. You know, I don't want you. I don't care for you. You know, I just kicked you to the curb. That's all I needed. Or something like that. I don't know. Who knows how these people act once they really got your faith because they ain't got mine. So I wouldn't know. They're not getting it. They're not getting nobody in my families if I can help it. They're not getting nobody's ever again. If it if I can help it, if the Lord allows me to help it, if it's God's will. So that being said, you know, I still have to go through these things. Oftentimes, I look just as vulnerable as anybody, but that's okay. That's that's also a good example, because people don't want to see, you know, people don't need or have to see you doing, you know, things on an expert level. That they feel that they wouldn't be able to accomplish on their own. They need to see you doing it just like you're a, b- a beginner. Or you don't know a thing. Or you still being played over, still vulnerable. And that way you can re- be a really, really example to any and everybody on all different levels. Allow God to be your anchor. It's not even you. It's God. It's never me. Because I woke up from this vision thinking, whoa, they really played me, huh? I look so dumb. Like, I thought we were really cool. I thought we were dating. thought I was actually invited to this party. But, you know, it still don't feel right. I don't feel like me, but I don't feel like fighting about that right now. All I know is, like, I guess... I guess they won. And all I know is that it was just like, you know... Nah. You know, quite the opposite, actually, like... Like it's it's some some stuff going on for real, but then I realized when I realized like they really didn't give me how they wanted to give me, and they really didn't do what they meant to do. When I realized that it happened, what I realized about it was. Like what I realize, what I realized about that was 
that God is God. It's never me. Like they're they're not even like I'm not even in a situation because of me. They didn't choose me because of me. It's nothing special about me. It's not me. It is not me at all. It's God. He carries me because from my perspective, what it looked like is he played me or like I don't know what was going on or like, you know, what just happened here. I feel fine, though, but it's like, what just happened? But I realized, like, hmm. God, that's God. When you wake up, and when you when you come off of something feeling like you really just looked the whole fool and got played over, and like you don't even look as bad as you think you do. You know, I woke up thinking like God, I don't hold on to you as much as I should. I don't keep my heart focused on you enough, and this is why I keep ending up in these situations with making these individuals feel as if they can snatch me out of your hands. It's my fault, God. I'm not being obedient enough. I'm not being, you know, a good representative of you. Help me. Help me to be a better representative of you. Help me to always, you know, every single time I'm in an environment with people who doubt you or your existence, they they cannot doubt your power through me because everything I hold on to that is your word, that is your truth. Help me, Lord, you know. I am I don't want to lose sight of who you are. You are everything. Please. Thank you for being my anchor. I rec- I recognize you as my anchor though. Thank you, Lord, for being my anchor. But Lord, help me too, because I know that it's still not enough for you and me. Help me to be everything that you know I'm called to be in you. Because you know, people see these situations, they see me in this situation or in this position God has placed me in, they think, why you? Like, you, you have this position. I can't believe, you know, God would ever place you in this position, trust you with the power to represent him in a way, in this way. And the way is that you will never let him down you will never change or trade on him you will remain faithful you know who he is you know that he's your father you know him you know you are faithful and I fall short of that because oftentimes I look like you haven't been able to sell your soul yet I could get you to sell your soul right now you are not that hard you are not a challenge and I've gone through so much but it's true, it's not me. And I don't look like it. God carries me. But, you know, it's a good thing we don't look like what we've been through. Because oftentimes, you know, maybe exactly what you saw in me is what you were meant to see. Let God work. Because he has it all figured out. He is the master planner. And so when he places you in environments, whatever people see is what he what he meant them to see. And if they ever become a constant character, then whatever it is for them to learn the process or for you to exemplify, they will have they will have seen like your testimony, whatever it is about you that is supposed to inspire them in a walk with God. If that is a plan, is is what they'll get.
You don't have to worry about anything else. Something else I saw, you know, I looked in the phone after taking a picture with somebody. I was about to take a picture with this person. I looked in the phone, and they didn't show up in the reflection of the picture. But I was there, and it was like, well, it wasn't me. It was supposed to be me, but in a position, sat a white woman. And she had, like, you know, discoloration, you know, from aging. But it was not a big deal. But all I know is when I saw her and I saw the reflection of this white woman's face, I said, who is that? And then when I woke up, I'm like, man, what was that white woman? What was that about? And then in the vision, also this individual said something like, this is my life, man. Stop playing. And then there was even a moment in this vision where I was told to seductively, like seductively, you know, it was like I was encouraged to seductively, like, you know, like approach this person so I was like like I guess I was like convinced like how you usually would how you would how you would have done it you know in your past in person and I I started to and like I actually put my hands on this person and that's what I'm just like you know that's what made me like let it kind of go that's not made me kind of let it go but it's like at that at that moment and at that point I was like hold on because every single time in these visions like this happens a million times every time but every single time in these visions that this happens you know it doesn't feel real it doesn't go far far or further really than just to you know pretend so I put my hands on this person and I started to actually, like, seductively, like, like jump on this person. Which, I don't know why everybody just always referred refer this to me. It's not really, I don't think it's really a big deal with me. But, you know, that might be also something that's a factor, playing a factor in this. Because like, it's so weird. The thing is, like, people are acting, actually acting as if this is really, like, a big opportunity but when it comes down to it, it's like, it's not. Like, can you not see how, you know, how bad this is, you know? You can't see how how much of a bad influence this is on your life. Like, this person is a nobody compared to God. These people are very, very bad influences. But I guess the idea is that, you know, in the lifestyle that they're leading and the things that they're doing, you know, just because you decided to throw your weight, your 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 soul away and give it to Satan, doesn't mean you will still imp- approach or be associated or evolve with these type of environments. So it's supposed to be some sort of blessing, but I still don't see it that way. I think that the blessing would have been to been left alone or possibly, you know, been everything that I was ever destined to be in God without having to encounter such environments because. These people are abusive. They're abusive. You know, they attack me. They're jealous. They don't want me to have my future, you know. I don't understand. That's a blessing. Like, they're trying to kill me for raping me because they can't get away with it. You know, and I don't understand that. So, how is that a blessing? The people who see it as a blessing, they don't want and the people who don't see it as a blessing, they torture until they do want that. And then once you want it, they 
treat you like they don't want you, how is that a blessing? You would never have had anything. The Lord has always taught me this, though. He said, well, Satan, you never get what you're selling out for. You know, and then even when it looks like you do, it's just a demon in your body enjoying everything you sold your soul for while you're tortured in hell. You never get anything. God told me this a long time ago, and I believed him. I still believe him. That's what it is. I don't understand why I'm being tortured right now, though. But that might have a lot to do with God also telling me that, you know, it's not easy to turn Satan down. He tries to torture you into choosing him. I said, God will die for you. I will always choose you. He said, yeah, you will die for me. But would you be tortured to death for me? Would you be brutally tortured for me? I said, I, I believe I would, God. I don't know. He said, yeah, we're going to see. He didn't say we're going to see. He didn't say a word, but he said, think about that, you know. And now, look, I'm being tortured for God. I'm being brutally tortured in the name of God. It's okay, though. I will survive this. I just got a reminder yesterday. As I slept, taking a holy nap, I believe it's called a holy nap. Sleeping on a word. Um, all I know is resting in God's word. But all I know is, because I'm never sleeping on it. Well, maybe. I'm working on that. All I know is I felt this feeling of you're okay. Everything's okay. And then it was a conversation that was had by somebody, you know, where they was kind of saying, you're so funny and all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah, this stuff is really me for real. But it's like, how do you find these rooms? How do you find these parts and portions of my mind to be at when, when I'm not being... It's like, I guess I'm being funny all the time. Like, how do you find these places? How are you finding these places? The Lord said I was going to be a comedian. And people are always laughing at me. But how are you finding these places? My heart is focused on God and I'm fighting all day. You know, sometimes people are in a place where they're like, I can't stand you. You just sat up here and called me ugly. And then you said, you don't mess with me for real. And you said, I saw my soul to say. You said I was gay. You said I was this. You said I was that. I'm like, I am literally can't say any of that stuff about you. I'm sitting right here and focusing on God because I don't want to be distracted from God. And they're like, I just heard you. You said it. I'm like, okay, so I guess there's pieces and portions of my mind you can be at where I'm saying stuff like this all the time. You know, you think a million thoughts a second. And so people are going to be wherever they heard it. They're going to hear what they hear. And so people hear what they hear out of me. And I don't understand it. I don't get it. You know, what other people, what, what, what rest of other people's million thoughts a second that you hate me so much? I don't get what makes me a target to certain people. I don't think I'm really saying anything you probably haven't heard before. It's just the fact that I said it. Probably a lot of truth to what I'm saying too because the Lord speaks through me. That's what it is. But I'm not gonna, you know, get upset about that. 
All I know is that, you know, in this vision, you know, after I was about to seductively touch this person, you know, they, they laid back and was about to let it happen, which they usually don't. They usually fight me. But, um, and when you say usually, like, are you usually a touching this person? No, this person is usually trying to convince me that it's okay to. And so, you know, I usually catch myself. But, you know, I was going to see how far I was going to let it go because usually they attack me before it goes very far. It went to a certain extent, and then this person was like, get off of me before I cut your D off. And I was like, cut your D off. <laughs> I was like, stop playing with me before I cut your D off. I was like, I looked down at my thigh. I was in a towel. Cause I was about to get in the shower. And I was like, um, there's no D. There's no D. But I was going to argue with them about that. Because I'm just like, what am I supposed to do? Like, beg you to touch you? Like, at this point, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I'm not about to sit here and lie and act like I was super opposed to putting my hands on you. Which I really am. My heart, I'm really opposed to ever being around you, ever. I really don't want... Like, if I could go somewhere where I wouldn't exist to you, I'd probably go. But that's not the issue. The issue is that if, of course, all of these different things weren't what was going on that are influenced in my decision in, in that matter and in that fact, would I have a problem putting my hands on you? And at that point, probably not because I did. But, you know, I still don't want anyone to believe or feel as if, you know, I would just put my hands on people. So, you know, usually I like to keep my hands to myself. I like to keep a good grip on these things. But I've been, you know, dealing with things on a different level where I'm I'm trying this thing out where it's like, don't fight everything and let God catch you. Because while I'm sitting up here fighting everything, trying to prevent things from being caught, see, what I'm doing is protecting my pride. And when it comes down to it, God was going to catch anyway. He's going to handle it anyway. So I see that that's what he did. He caught it. and He handled it. He gets, you know, God will do the work for you. You don't have to work so hard. I've been overworked and I'm tired. And so I'm trying this out where I'm letting God handle it. He's handling it. Even though, you know, I can't protect my pride anymore. He's going to do it when he feels like doing it. I don't get to protect my pride. But God still has me covered, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. So I'm seeing this on another level. All this stuff is going on, you know. <sighs> Spiritual rape. Party drugs, guns. You know, Murder. Torture, bullying, you know, sexual assault cover-ups, all this stuff going on spiritually, you know. It's like the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, and I don't know what to do. But God's been covered. He has been covered. But...
That being said, I mean, the blessings that I'm alive, I should never take that for granted. Or being grateful I'm still here, I have my life. And even when all I ever really wanted was to die, literally, the blessing is that I have it. And I will see that one day, hopefully. But I always said to myself, I would never not want to die. And it's not that I'm just like craving to want to commit suicide. It's just that like, I don't feel that I have a reason to live here. I don't. I don't belong in this world. And nobody's ever going to understand or accept me like God. So why won't I go be in, be with and in God? You know, God said if I kill myself, I'm going to hell. I believe him. But so I still don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. And I don't understand why God doesn't fulfill that heart's desire. And it's been something I wanted. For so long, ever since I was a kid, I've begged God to, you know, kill me, take my life. I don't want to be here like I never existed. But that's the one thing I don't get. A lot For a long time, I didn't feel sour about it because he was answering a lot of prayers. But now that he's answering all these prayers, he still won't give me that one. And I just feel like he's answering so many prayers and it's still what I've always known it was. So it's like. Maybe you always did answer my prayers, but the point is, like, like I wish for death and I don't ever get it. And I know you got to be careful what you wish for. God has told me this for so many years. I used to wish death on myself. He said, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. You know, he had, he had kept telling me that. And then, you know, Pussycat Dolls came out with that song. When I grow up, I want to be rich. I want to be famous. I want to be a star. You know, and I swore he was speaking through them to me. Be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. You know. And I didn't understand that song because they said be careful what you wish for. Like they didn't get everything they wanted. Like I wish I, I when I when I grow up, I want to be famous. I want to be a star. I want to be in movies. And she's saying be careful what you wish for because you just might get it, which is a warning. Do not wish for these things. You do not want to be famous. You do not want to be a star. You do not want to be in movies. And I didn't understand how she's saying, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. Be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. Meaning, you get the thing that you wish for and it was never what you ever thought you wanted. So be careful what you wish for. And... I understand that, you know, she was warning people not to choose that, but she seemingly living a life. What does that mean? And so I felt like God was still speaking to me like, you don't see what I'm saying to you? They're tortured. Satan tortures them. That's not the way you want to go. You do not want to, you don't know, you do not want that lifestyle. Choose me. Choose to be obedient in my truth and in my word and be a woman of God for the rest of your life. And that's the only happiness or peace or joy you will, or fulfillment you'll ever find. When she says, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. And it sounds like a warning. She's warning you. She's warning you. You don't want to go that way. You don't want to be famous. You don't want to be a star. You don't want to be in movies. No, you don't. Don't wish for that. And... You know, 
though. All those women are tortured sexually. That's what God told me at 12 years old. All those women are tortured sexually. You see how they're over-sexualized. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, the pussy got dolls. They're so sexy. The men want them and the girls want to be them. And what you don't understand is that they are tortured sexually. And I didn't think God was saying literally. I thought that he was saying like, you know, they're tortured sexually because people over-sexualize them in their minds. And so... Therefore, they don't feel like they can be treated like real human. But that's literal. Spiritually. All these people who think of you and, you know, and think of you in sex. Like, when they look at you in lust, they literally are having sex with you a million times. Spiritually, you get you have to have sex with all these people a million times. Spiritually, you're in front of a million eyes and they're thinking about having sex with you. You literally, spiritually, have just been raped by them. This is literal. This stuff is really happening. I know because it's happening to me right now. And, you know, it's sad. Like, when you think about it, Marvin Gaye, he was a heartthrob. So many women would be like, oh, my God, Marvin Gaye. And they would be so in love with Marvin Gaye, thinking about him and all kinds of sex, like sex things, sexual things. What I would do to Marvin Gaye, he was raped that many times. This is real. Chris Brown, he was supposed to be a heartthrob. Every girl was like, oh my gosh, Chris Brown is my boyfriend. You know what I would do to Chris Brown? He's so fine. He was raped that many times by that many women as many times they thought about it. He has no control over it. Be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. You do not want to be wanted or sought after in that way. You, When people look at you, they need to look at you respect and honor. They do not need to lust after you or your body or your appearance. They need to look at you for who you are on the inside, for who you are in your mind. Because only by then are you avoiding being raped spiritually millions of times for the rest of your life because... Now Satan owns you. This is why it's so important to do everything in God and represent him effectively in all that you do. Because you never know the you know amount of people or crowds that the Lord will place you in front of. And by the time he does introduce you to millions of people, you better hope that they're thinking of you in a positive light. You better hope that they remind you of God. Because that's the only thing that's going to protect you from whatever. And they're, they're thinking about you of you in their minds. So if a million people hate you, you're being killed a million different times. Over a million times. If a million people love you, but it depends on what kind of love. A lot of people are not going to love you the right way. You know, just by looking at you on TV. So, you know, real love is in God. And if someone doesn't love you like a brother or sister, like the Bible tells you to do, what happens is you are treated however they they treat you in their mind. And there's no rules in their mind. They can do whatever they want to do in their mind. And when this is why the Bible says that you cannot even look at someone and find them attractive because you've already looked at them with lust. These things really start to matter spiritually when you ha- when you impact this many people and you are vulnerable the only defense that you have 
is to get on your knees and pray and beg for God to forgive you and to deliver you of this situation. And more than likely, you're going to have to deal with the consequences of your sin. And you're going to have to fight Satan because he is trying to steal you away from God. He's trying to steal your soul. He's trying to steal your destiny. And if you ever end up possibly in these entertainment situations, exposing your body and, you know, being lusted after for money or power or, you know, attention, what happens is, you know, Satan is one. But Satan never wins in God. So you never lose hope. Keep fighting. This is really real. I put this together a while ago. I kept saying it's like I'm in a spiritual prostitution ring. Like I'm raped over and over and over again a million times every single night. And I realized like the Lord has, you know, shown me in front of a congregation of a million people. But by then I'm transformed in his word. And the fact of matters, I think that these millions of people that I'm in front of, it may have a lot to do with the fact that in their minds, they've already possibly lusted after me. Or I'm being placed in a position where they are lustful, period. And so whatever they do in their minds is what they do to me. And, you know, I'm being sold off. Because they get power. They get power from these individuals who idolize you or who think about you. When people put power into thought of you, they get that power when they own you. They don't own me, though. God owns me. But the issue is that when I'm not walking in obedience to Christ and I'm not being a good representative of him, then I am not, you know, in his presence. I'm not in his presence. I'm not thinking of being in God's presence all the time, and I'm not doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. This is when it starts to affect me. It's not that I've sold my sword that I ever have an intention to. It's the fact that that's not all. Just because you don't take the money, you don't you don't take the bait and you don't sell your soul, it's not all. You have to live this Bible. You have to know that this is truth. You have to know that this is the word. And you have to live by it. You have to actually apply this word to your heart and actually live by these things. If you do not, you are still vulnerable despite the fact that you turn Satan down. Despite the fact that you won't choose Satan. And despite the fact that you won't, you know live in such filth but you're still living in filth it counts all sin is equal so i try my best to keep my heart focused on god and seeing his presence i feel bad for anybody in this situation but like the lord like the lord has been telling me for years be careful what you wish for because you just might get in. I always used to think I would never not want to die. No matter when I get that. I don't care if I get it now. Later. Tomorrow. In, a, in 10 years. Like please make it sooner than later. But at any point in time in my life. I'm confident that if I am able to die. I would have wanted that. I used to say that. And I still actually believe it a little. But the Lord is fighting this demon off of me. And possibly it comes off. 